We're gonna swim, bike and run In the corner sun We're gonna swim, bike and run In the corner sun 2021 Thank you, Pancho Man. Welcome, everybody, to Breakfast with Bob. Not quite Kona edition. My name is Bob Habit, and we are brought to you by Challenge North America, Credo Try, You Can, Hoka One, One Velo Fix, Norma Tech, Canyon Bikes, and our Challenged Athletes Foundation. Two weeks ago, we sent out 3,038 grants, totaling $5.1 million to keep challenged athletes in the game of life through sport. Our next guest, I don't know, only one of the greatest triathletes in history. Four-time Ironman world champion and course record holder, five-time 70.3 world champion, two-time Olympian, coming off of a course record at Ironman 70.3 Dubai. Daniela, Daniela Reef joins us. Daniela, how are you? Hi, Bob. Thanks uh, for having me. Yeah, I'm good. Um, uh, nice uh, background, by the way. So it um, makes me really in, um, into the Hawaiian mood. <laughs> exactly. And we've been chatting. Actually, we met there at Huggles on the Rocks, eight year in 2014, your first time there when we were yes. doing our interview. So it's been, yeah, like eight years we've been chatting. Yeah, a lot, um, quite a lot happened in that eight years. It's uh, crazy. I, I feel like it went fast, but it's also, um, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm quite, when I, when I look back, it's been pretty cool eight years, I have to say, I have to admit, yeah. <laughs> you think? Uh, so when I look back at 2018, when you had really the per performance of your life, because you shattered the course record, you dealt with the jellyfish, all of that. And sometimes when you have a race like that, that it's so perfect. I remember when Chrissy Wellington had that race in 2011, after she had crashed and came back and won, that was it. She retired. Mark Allen back in 1995 came back at the age of 37 and and ended up coming from way behind and winning that race, retired. When you win something like that in the way you did, is it hard to get motivated, to stay motivated when people expect you to do the impossible every time out? Um, yeah, I mean, 2018 was really an impressive race for me. It was like, when I look back, it's, I would say it's the race I, after I thought, how can I ever going to top that performance? Because it would, it, it was just such a crazy race. And I don't think I could have, yeah, for a while, I, I really was thinking like, how can I top this? And um, that's where we, where it did get a bit hard because when you, I mean, I had like, you know, lots of good races. Uh, 2016 was really smooth and everything went perfect. But 2018 really flashed me mentally as well because it was such a crazy race with the jellyfish and being back so far and then turn it around. So, yeah, after, um, I mean, I had to prove myself quite a lot, you know, that I, I came back after a, a world champion title. And um, I think this was not really the problem that I thought, oh, I have now four, four world champion titles. So I'm, I'm starting to start to get lazy. But I felt it was hard for the motivation to, or more the expectation for myself. Um, I, it was a bit hard because I didn't know how I'm gonna ever gonna top this. And for me, of course, I always thought um, I need to get better and I need to like make more exciting things. And and I think that's where I I uh, had a bit of a wrong attitude because it 
you know, sometimes you start to also forget a bit what it's about in racing. And it's also, of course, it's about showing amazing performances, but also to enjoy the race and go out there and really like have fun, kind of how I did it in uh, 2014 mm -hmm. and just not care what happens if you, you know, blow up, you blow up. And that's what I always liked racing the most. So um, I think that really was a bit of a process and I had to go in the last two years, I, I felt that was maybe the, the biggest challenge to, you know, find that new, yeah, like find that new attitude to, um, to, to realize, hey, it's not about always getting like showing more crazy performances, but also to just enjoy what you do, because that's why you started it. So the following year, 2019, uh, I, I talked to Brett Sutton a little after the race and he said, I wouldn't have had Daniela race. She had stomach problems all week. She probably, in his opinion, he shouldn't have gone to the starting line. But you're one of those, like you found out the year before, you never know. You go to the starting line, maybe you can feel okay. And I'm guessing that even though you didn't win and you took 13th place, you're very proud of yourself just for the fact that you, on a t day that you, that was, you, you weren't feeling up to yourself. You weren't yourself, but you got the very best out of what you ever had that day. Um, yeah, the 2019 was for me not a disappointing race in terms of what happened on race day. Um, of course, I wanted to show much better. I was in really good shape and I had a really good preparation in Maui. So I was like, you know, ready to show. But then, yeah, with the stomach flu, I think it's something you can't really change, but um, definitely was worth a try. Um, I left it all out there and now I, I know I have I cannot have any regrets because I know that's all I had in, in that day. And it was not, um, not as much, I mean, it was, you know, I prepared much better than I could show, but that's, that's racing. And I think when you lose like this, it's not, for me, that was never, um, it was never really disappointing. It was disappointing. I couldn't show how fit I was. Mm -hmm. But it was not disappointing what I did on race day because I'm um, actually already in the finish. I was like, well, yeah, that's it. It's not a, like, it's, that's just, I just did my best, but um, that was not, not enough or not enough when you're sick. So I think it's much easier to deal with. Um, I find it easier to deal with when you leave it out there and you have no regrets because then you can't really blame yourself and you just give, give your best. And if you did that, then it's fine. So I read uh, one of your statements that, you know, the pressure that you felt to always win, that that took some of the joy out of your success. It was almost, was there almost relief sometimes when you won rather than joy because everybody, including yourself, was expecting you to win? Um, yeah, I did actually. I mean, the last one and a half years really helped me um, to deal with that because uh, there was no races. So actually, um, I mean, it was a lot happened in the last 12 months or 18 months. Month, and yeah. with, I mean, with an absolutely crazy situation where suddenly there's no races. Um, in the beginning, I was actually shocked how happy I was that there's no races. Um, I was also injured at that time. So um, that probably, that was also reason. But yeah. I was a bit relieved because I felt like I wanted to, breathe a little bit more and actually this this um, during the first lockdown I was motivated than ever because I could just train because I loved it 
and not because I had to. And that's where I really realized how much I love doing triathlon because it's, it's really the process I enjoy. And sometimes the process to get to the races was more of like, you know, putting too much pressure on myself. So it was, I could not always enjoy it that much where um, suddenly when I had more, um, you know, more freedom because there was no races, I realized, oh, wow, now I even enjoy it more. So that really made me think a bit, um, what, well, what's happening here? And um, yeah, that yeah made me realize I, I definitely always put a lot of pressure of my, on myself, but it's, I mean, it's also why I probably am where I am. I'm never really satisfied or I struggle to be satisfied because I always want to, you know, improve and get better. So it's, yeah, it's that balance you have to find for yourself as well, where sometimes you have to like go a step back and say like, oh, wow, it's actually quite okay what I achieved. And um, during the pandemic, I mean, that was pretty much also a bit of forced step back and, and, you know, being grateful to actually what you can do. Um, I mean, I was really injured quite um, badly with my ankle. And um, when suddenly, you know, a doctor tells you, like some doctors said, um, I will never run again. And it was pretty tough news. I mean, they said I should make an operation. And I was not really sure because um, I was scared that it would be worse after. And um, so when you suddenly have like, things like that happening, you start to think a bit different. And um, I think also that injury really woke me up a bit to, to say like, wow, um, I'm really, you know, fortunate that I can do the, my sport as a profession and, you know, like live it every day. Well, and one of the issues is that what you do, you swim, bike, run, and you recover, you, you eat, you sleep, and that becomes repeat. And the rest of your life is sort of like on hold while you keep doing this. And then when there's a pandemic and there's no Ironman World Championship, did you struggle with that? The fact that, okay, maybe I'm a little, my life is just swim, bike, run, re repeat, and there's no races coming up. Who am I right now? Um, yeah, I definitely struggled with that. I mean, I, I do have amazing family and, you know, um, sister and brother and uh, friends um, who I can count on, on. So it's not like I'm in a really lonely position. But um, I, what I found out is like that I still, I mean, 100% of my focus goes into the sport. And, you know, in the beginning of the pandemic, I, I didn't really realize it yet. I just you know, enjoy to be training at home a bit. And, but then when you, and I thought, you know, after a few months, it's going to be uh, over and um, like everyone, yeah, we're going to get back to it in Kona. And then, um, yeah, like, I think the hardest part where I, I mean, I came through summer quite well. I, I really trained really well. I was really motivated, probably did the most biking I've ever done because uh we had more time, uh, we had no travel. Um, I was just in St. Moritz. And then when Rappersville got canceled for September and Kona was definitely canceled for February, then I suddenly was like, whoa, what's happening now? Because that means it's another one and a half years to train to the next big goal. 
and there was where where it really sunk in and <clears throat> I was really not such in a good place that in that time it was like around September uh, mm -hmm. yeah August September where I really started to struggle because I I suddenly saw there's no races there's no goal and then also my foot was at that time still not so great and suddenly you're like so what do you do like why do you get up in the morning and yeah. you know that was actually really really tough because um yeah that's where i realized i i don't have a family like a family as like many other have like kids or so and for me kids was not really on the list yet at all and um, i didn't even think on it, on it yet and i think there is where i woke up and i said i need to change something and that's where i actually decided within i think within a week i called my um uh, my older, uh, how do you say, my old uh, um, docent, the teacher from the old oh, school. Teacher. Uh -huh. And yeah. I said, oh, I'm thinking to do a course. Can I, you know, do like some neuroscience course or something? Um, and she said, oh, it doesn't, it won't happen. But you, why don't you do your uh, bachelor and um, we can check, you know, do your bachelor thesis. Yes. And I knew um, I had to like also finish two models, which means I had to do controlling, um, accounting, and uh, food uh, chemistry, which is not the easiest topics. No. And um, so I was like, I was so desperate to actually do something. I, I then decided to finish my studies. So that really helped me to you know get going because I otherwise at that time it was just if it felt quite empty. Um, I didn't feel in a good place. And with, did you end up having to have surgery on your foot or were you able to do, get, get it back through therapy? Um, no, I then also around that time in, I think it was in September, I made the decision I won't do the surgery, um, even though that was a bit of a risk because if I then wait another year, it could mean that you have to do the surgery later. But um, I, uh, I found a therapist in, um, who also works with skiers. He's really specialized in joints and, and also for knees, but also in the, in the ankles. And yeah, he, I, I was visiting him. He's a, um, he used to treat uh, Sarah, um, Sarah Meyer, now Sarah van Berkel, the wife of Jan van Berkel. And she had also won some uh, problems in her career and um, he could really help her. And, so I went to see him to just, it was actually, I already almost booked the surgery. And, and then I said, oh, I'll give it one last try just to see that guy. And then if that's not, you know, I'll give it two more weeks, I said. And if it's not working, then I'll do the operation. And I saw him and actually, yeah, he said, if you operate, you will never run again. So I had two people saying, you know, totally different options. <laughs> So, yeah, it was a bit hard because, um, so what do you decide? It's kind of like you flip a coin and you're like, I might not run again. <laughs> so that's uh, not an easy decision. That's and then I, I mean, I just thought, okay, I'll, I'll try to go the natural way because I, I'm, I'm a fan of, you know, the body. I think our body is quite amazing. And I think, um, I, I don't think we can fix everything on our own, but some things can, can actually come good again in our body because it's, made to heal so he he was um really amazing he said uh give me three or give me six weeks i'll it will be better and wow 
It was not perfect yet after six weeks, but it was uh, better. And that's where I decided then to not do the operation. And it's actually not just like the last few months, it's been uh, we become really good. I mean, in Dubai, I still run. I still could feel it, actually, even though I run quite okay. But um, yeah, it's been a long process. It's been over a year uh, or no, no, it's been over a year where it happened, but it's... Um, been about six months in therapy. So you go back to school, you get your bachelor's in food technology, and now you're working on your EMBA in business psychology or neuropsychology. That's, that's a hell of a challenge. Yes. Um, well, I mean, it's, it's not that hard, actually. It's, I, I mean, it's really interesting, but it's uh, only, you know, next to like, it's for um, business people who uh, mm -hmm. also work. So it's um, maybe, I don't know, 15 hours a week, which is quite nice. Um, I can use the time to just read, like read a lot and uh, get my head busy with other things than sports because I do feel like, or I did realize it's for me, having a balance next to the sport is really important. Um, my friends are, most of my friends are not, not sport people at all. Right. And uh, I really always enjoy it because it's just gives you a, a different perspective for life. And, um, you know, you can talk about different things and like this, it's the same with the study. It's, you can, you can, you know, sometimes just read and get your mind busy of, uh, yeah, like how it works um, in the brain and also, um, yeah, like our behavior um, in consumption, but also, just in general um it's i find it really interesting you know also the deep motivation i mean i've never really thought about it i was just always driven but to actually find the you know the um the molecules and or the how do you say not the molecules the you know the ingredients that what's happening in your body mm -hmm. is uh, really interesting and yeah it's it actually i mean the reason why i do it is actually a little bit sad it was um my my dad had a bad accident like an, an, a year ago and uh he had like a brain injury and so he's yeah he's not really um he can't really properly think anymore right. and it's yeah it's it it was actually also quite a shocking moment because it just shows you how fragile we are you know you have one fall and you can lose your whole uh skills to just talk and remember and and uh you know, do just basic things like eating and stand, uh, walking. So, yeah, it's, I think our body and also the brain is really something now I, I started to be more interested. Um, and uh, yeah, so I do that and just to keep my mind busy and, and also because I'm really interested. I also read that you, you, you rediscovered love and, and also a bit of yourself. And very, a lot of people don't go public with, with things that are personal, but you are. And that's obviously very brave. Talk a little bit about you know, coming to that decision that, okay, I have my personal life, but I think it's important to share because it will touch other people who are concerned about sharing things about themselves. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a person who always kept my private life quite private. Yes. And now being actually single is actually, I thought, thought it was a good time to, to um, talk about it because I always never, or I try not to bring my personal, you know, close people too much in publicity because publicity can also be hard or, you know, can be harsh. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. And for me, I think it was a topic I, I wanted to talk about because I do believe, I mean, I read a lot about psychology um, also in, through my studies. And I find, you know, with the labeling, um, it's kind of like, I always, I, I, I find it's really nice people who come out and say, you know, I, I find women attractive. Um, I think it's really great. Uh, for me, it was also a little bit more the approach that it should not be uh, necessary anymore in, in the actual time to say, you know, to be having to be brave to come out. So it should be just, you could be asked, do you have a girl girlfriend or a boyfriend? You know, that's kind of my approach. And I think in, in general, we are all quite focused on labels. We like to put the people into, you know, little boxes oh, and, and this person belongs there and this person there. And I, I mean, for me, I, I found it, yeah, fall in love with a woman, um, yeah, a while ago. And it was quite, you know, for me also surprising, um, but also really, yeah, really nice. And um, I think it, it's possible to fall in love with the person. And, and I think that's just something I, yeah, I, I enjoy sharing because I hope to also, you know, motivate other people to, just follow their feelings and, and not, it's not about coming out so much. It's more about just follow what you feel. And, and, you know, not, I think it also has a lot to do with not being afraid. I think in general, we are often afraid to do something wrong. Um, it can be in racing, can be in love, you know, we are just afraid to fail. And I think in general, if we can let go of being afraid to fail, we can achieve so much in, in all different parts in our lives your line, I don't want to hide. I want to set an example and say, live and let live, love and let love. It's, I mean, it is pretty simple. There's, you don't really have to say, hey, I am gay. I am a lesbian. Uh, I am bisexual. It's, I'm, I'm Danielle Arif. And I, I choose to do what, what I want to do when I want to do it. Yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, I couldn't even put myself in a, in a box or in a label. Um, no. I actually had to Google what it's called when you when you actually say you you can fall in love with the gen, uh, with the uh, person and not the gender. So it's uh, called what's it? I, I don't even know. It doesn't even matter because it's just the label, you know. For me, I think it's it doesn't really matter. It's just important that everyone can can follow their heart. It's funny because I, I think we have such a wonderful community in triathlon. I've always said that our sport is a, an equal opportunity abuser. It doesn't care if you're missing a leg or an arm, if you're big or if you're small, it's getting from point A to point B. And the, the, our athlete, our age group athletes really love our pro athletes because you, you didn't start out as a professional athlete. You started out as an age group person who found this sport that you love. So who you are outside the sport, it contributes to the whole package of Daniela Reef. And I think that is important. Do you feel a little freer, the fact that you have been open? Um, to be honest, I mean, I find it's nice to have some feedback. Um, I did enjoy some, but some, uh, you know, but I, I mean, I've been open with my people, with the people who are close to me always. Mm -hmm. um, and that was never even... A problem you know it, it was just you know you I, I didn't even I just just said what happened and I find it yeah for for in public and generally I find it a little bit harder because 
I also don't want to make a big topic about it because that's mm. what I mean. Like it should not be a big topic. And um, mm. that's why I, I never, I also never enjoy doing, you know, um, how do you say, you know, articles about, you know, BAFTA, uh, how do you say, BAFTA bluff stories or whatever, you know, it's oh, like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just the private stuff. I think is is nice to, to keep it private. That's why it's called private. But um, in general to, I mean, yeah, to all, to talk about it openly, I think is is nice. And also, I mean, yeah, to to bring it to the topic in terms of that it should be not a topic, you know, that's something I I, uh, I thought is important that we should not think so much in labels and, and yeah, just enjoy our lives because it's it can be quite short. And in terms of enjoying your life, you're building a new house? Yes, yeah, a lot's happening. <laughs> um, I mean, that's my been project, a year of yeah. change for you. It's great. Sorry? It's been the year of change for you. Yeah, it, it's, it happened. Yeah, it changed a lot. Yeah, I know. Um, I mean, I had to do something else than when I couldn't race, you know, I, I'm, I need to keep myself busy. So um, I did. Yeah, that was one thing, actually, I, I did realize. I, I, it, it, had a li- it has a little bit... Um, similarities why I actually talked about also the you know the uh, my feelings um Mm -hmm. because same with the house like it's I'm now in an age where I get asked a lot do you want to have kids or do you want to have a family and I'm to be honest I I don't know I don't really care it's I'm not having a family now and um and it's you know the society thinking like when you're 33, you need to have a you need to build a house and marry and have a kid, or maybe not so much in our in the triathlon society. But in general, I have a lot of friends who do that, and I get asked it a lot. And I did think quite for a while I am looking for a flat, and then I found this house, this project, and then I was like, well, should I really build a house for myself? It's a bit crazy. You know, I don't know like how many kids I might have or if I have no kids. So it's a little bit difficult to build a house. And then I was like, well, you know what? I don't care. Like I would like to build a house. So I build a house because, um, yeah, it's a great opportunity. And I then really start to think like, why should I wait till I, till I'm married or till I have someone in my life? I want to, you know, spend my, you know, the rest or more I never say anything is forever anyway but maybe you know a part of your life together so I decided I'm just gonna build a house and I like this I can have my I have my full how do you say responsibility to, to choose whatever I want so um yeah no it's been amazing um good a really cool project and it's um yeah also I mean quite challenging to be honest I was a little bit overwhelmed overwhelmed with all the different uh you know cup uh you know bath bathrooms and stuff and it's a lot of juice and, yeah yeah you have to lines and colors exactly. and yeah <laughs> but yeah it. i did it in one day i i didn't want to you know i just i mean yeah look at yeah. it and then to decide so it was yeah no but i'm really looking forward to it so it should be when I mean, if all goes well we um it should be next year sometimes that it's finished. Very fun. And so you're also going to coach yourself moving forward? Um, yeah, I did a bit of changes there as well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, so I guess it's yeah, also quite some news. But um, no, I mean, 
also through the last year, I did realize I do want to, or I would enjoy to have a bit of more freedom, but also give, you know, take more responsibility. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, yeah, with Brett, it's been eight really amazing years. He's, I mean, he's taught me so, so much. And I, I find that at the moment, I'm a bit at the time of, of my life that I feel I want to try some things and I'm not actually changing uh, the methods at all. I mean, I'm super convinced that what we did last eight years is working and I actually believe in his methods um, totally. So I, I'll always try to somehow, you know, get that going uh, or keep that going. But to, yeah, also a bit for a challenge for myself to maybe find some out some more about myself to actually have to listen to myself a bit more. Um, I actually realized it's, I mean, it's not easy, but you, you know, it's always that, I mean, he's been that um, guidance for me, like saying mm -hmm. when to push more and when to hold back. And yeah, it's, it's always a fine line. And to, yeah, to, I did realize the last, you know, few months when I um, trained, it's, I often feel it, but you try to not listen to it. And so since I don't have him as a coach, I need to listen it, to it more. And this, I mean, it's quite interesting. And I, yeah, I, at the moment I, I really enjoy it. So um, yeah, I try to just find out some, some more things uh, about, um, you know, what I want to do and, and also, yeah, like if I can put it together um, the way I believe um, I can put it together. So what, You've, next week, we have 70.3 St. George. And I don't think you've raced there before. Uh, no, first time, yeah. Uh, first time. And that's also going to be the site of the 70.3 World Championship. So you'll get a chance to race on the course to hopefully get your sixth 70.3 World title. Uh, before we get into that, just the, when you raced in Dubai and knowing that you were told you might not ever run again, what are just having a race like that and breaking the course record and how, how special was that almost must have been a little emotional for you knowing that your career was almost over um yeah it was i i think it was my most where i felt the most free ever in a run in a race especially in the run not so much on the swim on the bike but on the run i did have to change a little bit my um training already in the winter um, mm -hmm. because if I run, for example, three times a day, it would get quite sore. So I would change it around and maybe do two. Um, and like this, I was a bit, I actually, I mean, I actually was quite surprised how fit I would get because I run a lot on the treadmill. So for, and also being in the altitude, of course, that helped a lot. And, um, yeah, then I, I was actually surprisingly confident that I would be in good shape for Dubai. And, you know, I mean, it was the first race since a long time, but when I was on the bike, I, I was, you know, searching, well, I had power, but I just couldn't get that extra gear up to go even a bit faster. And when I started to run, I, I then started to, I mean, yeah, Imogen, she pushed me quite a bit in the start. She, I mean, I had to catch her because I had a really bad transition and then, we run together 
and I started to push it um, to, you know, trying to drop her and she really hold on to not get yeah. dropped. And I think she helped me to run that fast in the end because it was, I don't know exactly my time, but I won 16 high or something. Yeah. And I don't know, I don't, I don't count books in how fast I ran in all the half marathons, but it was definitely one of my faster runs. And when I ran out there, um, also with the new shoe, the prototype from Asics, the bouncy one, and ah. then I just, I felt so good. It's, it was really nice. I, I, you know, just in general to, after such a year um, to be out there and like, you know, I could feel it so much. That's, that's what I really enjoy, you know, like, when you have, you know, lows with injuries, I, I, you know, you sometimes think, oh, you know, it could also just, you know, go another way now. It would be also fine. But when I was running there in Dubai, I was like, no, that's what I like to do. That's what I'm born to do. You know, it's like the thing I can do best yeah. is racing. And, and uh, yeah, that felt really good. I mean, the, also the people were cheering quite a bit and, just to have to be able to show a good performance and strong performance after such a year was uh, yeah was felt really good. So St. George next week and when there's like 40 women I think 35 to 40 pro women who are racing Holly Lawrence and you've got a, an amazing pro field there. Then I think you're staying. Will you stay in the country in the U.S. and through yes. Tulsa? Yeah, through Ironman. Um, yeah, we will go to uh, Sedona. We do a little U.S. trip. Yeah. Where, where will you go? Uh, Sedona. Oh, Sedona. We, yeah, oh, to check out some nice trails. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, we've th thought about it for a while. And, and I mean, I just thought it's a good opportunity to, to discover a new place. Uh, nice. And, yeah, I'm looking really forward to it. That's fun. And so then after you've also got Collins Cup, right? That's uh, in August. Then you've been 70.3 Worlds. And... The, by winning Dubai, that's the first of the triple crown, right? The, that's another potential million dollars if you win St. George and Bahrain. Yeah, that's a long way to go. I mean, I didn't even know that it was on the triple crown. It was not the reason why I went to Dubai at all. And yeah. then when I actually, I, I saw it the day before the race, I saw the, my, I looked at my start number and I saw the triple crowns on it. So I was like, wait, is that still the triple crown? I, I didn't know. And um, yeah, of course, it's, we'll see what happens. I mean, but it's a long way to go. I mean, the world champion title is not an easy one to get. So um, yeah. let's go step by step. A lot can happen until then. We don't know if the world is still here until then. <laughs> you just seem like you're in such a good place right now. Uh, you're, you're, you, know, you're, you just seem so happy and content. Uh, nobody wants to go through what you went through this last year and a half, but it seems like you've come out the other side as, a, a different Daniela Reef. Are, are you as content as you look? Um, yeah, well, I always had doubts. I had doubts all the time in my life, but um, I, at the moment, no, I, I feel really in peace with myself and also quite happy. Um, I mean, it's been a horrible one and a half years, I think, but I, I don't really want to complain because I think everyone had really a tough yeah. year. And yeah. it's, I mean, I can't complain because you know, I, I'm still in a very fortunate place. And, um, but yeah, I mean, it doesn't really, like if you have challenging times, it doesn't really matter what it is. It's always for the person, it's hard. And I think for me, what I'm 
proud of and also happy about is that I yeah, could come out of really another good place, you know, in terms of mentally, I was really not happy um, for a while. And I, I realized I need to change something. And then I was like, well, I kind of knew what to do, but I didn't want to do it because I felt scared. And yeah, so it does feel good to sometimes also, you know, let go of some things or not be afraid too much. And that's definitely a really good feeling and, you know, a bit of feeling of freedom as well. And and uh, yeah, at the moment I'm, I'm enjoying myself and I, I really enjoy training. Um, and so I'm definitely looking forward to some races now. It's, it's amazing that um, we can uh, come to the US and these next two races seems to ha seem to happen. So that's uh, really exciting news, yeah. I love it. Danielle, as always, thank you for taking so much time and chatting. I, I, I always enjoy when we get together. The first time we chatted, we were right next to uh, Lee Drive and you're like, is this where the run goes? <laughs> this is like that a couple of days before the Ironman. That was your first time there. And then you, you get second that first one and then win the next four. Uh, and it's just watching your career and watching you grow into this amazing woman is really, really special. Uh, thank you for letting us be part of the journey. It's, uh, it's always an honor to get the treat with to speak. Thank you. you. Thank you, Bob. Thanks for having me. And thanks for, uh, yeah, supporting and, uh, I'm showing me Ali drive um, a few days before the race in 214. <laughs> <laughs> Yellow has been our guest, everybody. Uh, again, this is Breakfast with Bob, not quite Kona edition. Thank you, Daniela. Have a great time at St. George. And we, how, many, how much time will you spend in the States? Will you be here for... Uh, uh, almost four weeks in total. Four weeks. Yeah. Four months. Like it. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. Enjoy it. Danielle Thank you. has been our guest, everybody. Again, Breakfast with Bob, Not Quite Kona Edition. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. See ya. Bye. <laughs>